بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا سیونتھ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو We are spending a few sessions now discussing the priceless deed of Salah. And the last thing I mentioned was the authentic report in Nasai, in which our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he constantly focuses upon a man during his Salah, just as long as he does not look here and there. For when a man diverts his attention, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also stops focusing upon him. <laughs> so here, like I mentioned yesterday, with regards to your salah, you get what you put in. So if you focus, you try your best, Allah ta'ala will give you much more of his priceless blessings and mercy. So Lord, you could be offering the salah Exactly the same as another person outwardly, but the difference between the two is heavens and earth. Because with one, Allah Ta'ala is still focusing upon him because he is focusing. With the other, he turns away. The accursed shaitan will thus strive his utmost to divert us from this most glorious of deeds. So our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily the shaitan, He possesses a snuff-like substance, i.e. which can be snuffed, that can also be licked and a powder. Thus, when he makes someone sniff, then the person will behave badly, i.e. be in a foul mood. If one licks, then he will speak evil, i.e. this would be made easy for him. And when he applies the powder, He will sleep until sunrise. <laughs> This is recorded in Tabarani, Bazaar, Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, Volume 1, page 713, in the chapter on liturgies arranged during the day and night. <laughs> so here, this is the unseen. So obviously, we have no access to the unseen except what the Prophet mentions, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he mentions simply that shaitan, he has a snuff, a powder, um, a snuff-like substance, sorry, and also a powder. So he has two separate things. Mm. The snuff-like substance, if you inhale it, you will be in a foul mood. And if you lick it, you will speak easily. It will be made easy for you. And the powder he applies, if you take the powder, you will sleep until sunrise. You will miss Fajr. Mm. So, Without going too much into this, what we can take is that shaitan is treating salat as one of the major obstacles with which he can take out the children of Adam. He's using weapons. And these weapons are used to take you away from salat, especially uh, the powder. In a famous hadith, it mentions that the accursed shaitan ties three knots at the nape of your neck when you retire to your bedding. If one awakens by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, performing wudu and offering salah, then all three knots are untied 
and our beloved messenger added sallallahu alaihi wasallam he then enters the morning energetic and in good spirits otherwise he will awaken in an offensive frame of mind and lethargic this is in sahih bukhari number 1142 sahih muslim number 207 726 abu daud number 1306 ibn majah number 1329 Ahmad in his Musnad 2-43, Imam Malik's Mawadda, Mishqat number 1219. So again, the unseen. So how seriously is shaitan taking salah? Very seriously. And he does some sort of witchcraft on you when you sleep. And what's interesting, when a person awakens, does he not look like he's being bewitched? You know, he actually looks like a different person. Eyes are like this, hairs are out of place. And you can actually see the effects. But where does he tie the knots? The knots are on the nape of the neck, the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And look how interesting. Three deeds take out the three knots. The first deed, the first deed that takes out the first knot is when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you wake up. Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhin nushu. All praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has raised me from the dead and given me life. That takes out one of the knots. You perform wudu, it takes out the second knot. And one knot remains. That is only taken out with salah. Then look what the Prophet said. You then enter the morning energetic and in good spirits. So you're going to go back to the previous report. Why are you energetic and in good spirits? Because you've avoided the snuff and the powder of shaitan as well. Otherwise, look what he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will awaken in an offensive frame of mind and also lethargic. He'll just feel so tired. So Fajr, and it's true, even if there was no text, when a person misses Fajr, he feels lousy. Right? You'll notice this. And even though you may have, you know, genuinely not got up with the alarm, you still don't feel right. So why? Because this is the effects. So note, shaitan, Is he treating Salat with importance? Very important. So look at the contrast. Are we treating it with importance? Mm. It is further related when a man informed Rasulullah of another who had slept until sunrise. The Prophet said, that is a man in whose ear the shaitan has urinated. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 1144. Sayyid Muslim number 205, 774, Nasa'i number 1609, Mishkat number 1221. So this proves that shaitan eats, drinks and also he urinates. <laughs> so yes, he lives till Qiyamat, but he still urinates. Now why is that important to highlight? Because some people talk about shaitan as if he's got some incredible powers. <laughs> he does peshab. <laughs> but his peshab, where does he do it? <laughs> He does it in the ear of the one who misses Fajr. Allah Ta'ala gives him the authority. So now what's interesting? Why the ear? Because the ear should have been used to wake up. You're supposed to have an implement or something that will wake you up. Because you didn't use that blessing to get up for Fajr. Shaitan has access to it. So there's actually a secret here. If you don't use the blessing that Allah Ta'ala has given you correctly for what it was supposed to be used for, Shaitan has access to that. And he urinates him. So how many times has Shaitan urinated him in Muslims' ears? You know, one of the brothers asked me, he goes, will that affect the hearing? 
And it was around, no, but shaitan's peshav's not going to be the burden, is it? <laughs> right? You know, it's, you know, it's not, you know, holy yore, right? You know, he's, imagine, you know, astaghfirullah. <laughs> and the other thing which is interesting, how much yore has he got? Astaghfirullah, <laughs> how many Muslims missing fajr? So again, you know, we accept it because the Prophet mentioned it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So look how interesting. He's using things as weapons to take you away from Salat. He's using witchcraft to take you away from Salat. And he celebrates when he succeeds in doing that. So what, why is that important to highlight? Because Shaitan understands Salat. <laughs> Look how, you know, that's the biggest love. Why Shaitan going all out for this deed? Because he understands this deed is the great deed. And he's going flat out. So thus one should strive to offer Salat. Now this is important. At its most auspicious time, mm-hmm. our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the merit of the first hour over the last is like the merit of the hereafter over this world. Mm-hmm. This is in Deirami, in his Musnad al-Firdos, Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah in his Ihya, volume 1, page 368, in the chapter on the mysteries of Salat and its greatness. So if I was to ask you, what's the difference between the world and the next world. There's no, con- there's no comparison. The Prophet did give a comparison. What did he say famously? Because the difference between this world and the next is like one of you dips his finger in the sea and then he takes his finger out. He goes, how much water has been displaced? So imagine you go to the Atlantic Sea, whatever. You dip your finger in, North Sea. You dip your finger in. How much water has been taken out of the North Sea? That is dunya. The Lord sees the akhirat. So keeping that in mind, the Prophet was talking about salat now. If you offer salah in the first hour, that is like the akhirat. If you offer it in the last hour, it is like this world. Meaning the value of it has gone down immensely. Similarly, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a man offers salat in its closing hour, thus it is not missed by him. However, that which he now lost because of missing the earliest hour was better than the whole world and all that it contains. <laughs> this is recorded in Daru Qutni, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 1, page 368, in the chapter on the mysteries of salat and his greatness. So, now what's the difference? The Prophet clearly said, you've not kazaad the prayer, that you offered the prayer on time. So he's not talking about kaza. Mm-hmm. So you've offered, let's say, fajr on time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pick another prayer, zohr. Mm-hmm. But you've offered the zohr at its end time. So you've prayed it on time, but at the end time. The Prophet said, what you've missed is better than the whole world and all that it contains. Meaning, if you offered it in the first hour, you would have got so much more, but you've lost out. And similarly, Abdullah ibn Umar, he relates that our beloved messenger said, A man may offer his salah and not miss its time, thus within the required time. However, the most virtuous time of salah, which he missed, would have been better for him than all his family and wealth. Subhanallah. This is in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf 1-584, Mursal, Hafiz Maruzi, Rahmatullah, in his extolling the rank of Salah. 
number 1043 and 4. Sahih Munqati. Imam Tahawi in his Sharh Ma'ani Al Athar, number 956, in his commentary, he added, This proves that praying a salah in its chosen time is better than praying in it in the remainder of its time. So let's look at this. So this hadith has a slight weakness. It's munqati, authentic. Munqati means there's a break in the chain. Or it's mursat, meaning a tabi doesn't away from the sahab. But Imam Tahawi mentioned it and he commented upon it, meaning he accepted it. So what did the Prophet say this time? Said Allah, same thing. You've offered the prayer at the end time. What you've missed is better than your entire family and wealth. Imagine somebody goes, put a price on your family and wealth. He goes, I don't put a price on my family. He goes, that's what you missed, even though you prayed the prayer on time. Imam Tahabi explained, and this is why it's important to go through commentary. He took away the literal meaning. Can we take away literal meanings? No. This is the domain of the scholars. If you take it literally, what is the hadith saying? Soon as the prayer time enters, you pray. It's the first hour. That's the literal. So why did Imam Tahawi not take it like that? What did he say? This proves that praying a prayer in its chosen time is better than praying it in the remainder of its time. Because there's fake. So what do I mean by that? So, the Hanafis, rahimahumullah, they state the following are the most rewarding times for the Fajr prayer. The Fajr, when the light has emerged. So stopping straight away, what does that mean? According to the Hanafis, Fajr isn't the first hour. Have you understood? So all of these reports, they don't, they don't understand these reports literally. Have you understood? So when the Prophet said the merit of the first hour over the last, the merit of offering the Salat at the first hour, the Hanaf is interpreted to mean the chosen time. Right? The chosen time. So why do they say that the Fajr is better offered when the light emerges? Now light doesn't mean sunrise. It just means that you can actually, you can, you know now Fajr is approaching. Mm. The Fajr, you know, is, is, is the Fajr time has entered and you realize that the, you know, it's time for the prayer. Mm. The reason, because there's a Sayyid Hadith amongst others in Nasai and the Prophet ﷺ, he said the most rewarding time for the Fajr is when the light emerges. Mm. So the Hanafi state, the most chosen time for the Fajr is when the light emerges. Now think about that. If you're foolish and you say to the Hanafis, why don't you pray at the early time? In fact, the Hadith says the first hour. That shows you've got no understanding of fiqh. You've actually quoted correctly. You're referencing the Hadith of the Prophet but you haven't got fiqh. You understand? So this is the problem. A lot of people quote texts, but they don't understand these texts. The Hanafis state that the Zuhr, the chosen time for Zuhr in winter, is the entry time. Mm. But it's later during summer. Mm. So when it's winter, as soon as the time enters, is the chosen time. But when it's summer, give it a bit more time. Let the heat subside a bit. Mm. The Asr, the Hanafi state, is when the shadow length is doubled. This is the chosen time. Mm. That's why they offer the uh, Asr late. You know, notice the Hanafis. 
No people what's strangers. Why do you think? <laughs> Why don't you just think good? Has anybody you know ever come across the hadith and say and said this? I know that I've missed something because your offers are not late. <laughs> But I'd like to know why. Nobody says that. It's always, why do you offer Salat late? <laughs> Who are you? Right? Where have you popped out from? <laughs> and the response is, when you're asking, you should ask for clarification, not interrogation. <laughs> and there's text mentioning this. <laughs> the chosen time for Maghrib is when the sun sets. And Isha, the chosen time is late when there is complete darkness. But before half the night has passed. <laughs> Now, why have I mentioned that? Because these are the chosen times. Are you talking peanuts? Think about this. This is a very important matter. Why? Because if you're not bothered about the chosen time, it's like you're saying, I'm not bothered about my family. I'm not bothered about my wealth. I'm not bothered about akhirat. You might as well say that. What are you losing out on? That's why the, you, know, you need scholars, right? Say, look, the Zohar needs to be late. Why? Because it's summer. The Shafi's, they state that the chosen times for the prayers are as follows. The Fajr, when it is still dark, thus it's closer to the empty time. So there's an ikhtilaf here. If you go to a masjid uh, and they follow the Shafi'i understanding of the revelation, they will offer Fajr at the beginning. Why? I'll give you one text. In Sayyid Muslim, Hazrat Aisha said that we would attend the Fajr and when we left, it was still dark. <laughs> so, there's one proof. The Shafi'i state, the Zuhr is the same as the Hanafis. Early in winter, late in the summer. Asr, they state the chosen time is when the shadow is the same height as the individual. So, there's another ikhtilaf. <laughs> the Shafi'is do the uh, Asr early. Because that's the chosen time. Same height as your shadow. The Hanafi state, the shadow should be double. <laughs> Maghrib, when the sun sets. And Isha, when the red twilight disappears upon the entry time. <laughs> so the Shafi'is, they actually are doing Isha earlier than the Hanafis. That's the chosen time for them. Why? Because the Hanafi state, everything needs to go. <laughs> that's the chosen time. <laughs> so note... This isn't just dry thick. This is actually telling you to get the most out of your salat. So now, another question people pose. I'm Hanafi. I go into a masjid and they're following the Shafi fiqh. Do I lose out? The answer is no. The Prophet said the Imam is appointed to be followed. So if he, you, know, you get everything what he gets. He's following his fiqh. You get the full rewards. The problem is if he's following fiqh. <laughs> but if he's uh, DIY, then I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right? And the problem with the DIY people is they're oblivious to any fiqh. So imagine if a Hanifi approaches, because I made a mistake. Well, yeah, uh, follow the hadith, right? Shafi comes, follow the hadith. Everybody following hadith. What, what do you think they're asking to follow? Bible. <laughs> right? So that's why the Imam should be well acquainted, you know, with the different rulings as well. So let me put it simply. The difference between offering the Fadad prayer at its most virtuous time than without is the Fadad. So if you're not bothered about this, this is what you're losing out on. Even though you've prayed all the prayers on time. 
Number one, it is like the difference between the hereafter and this world. Number two, it is better than the whole world and all that it contains. And number three, it is better than your entire family and wealth. Now, be honest. Have you lost out on something small? You've lost out in heavens and earth, brother. And the amazing thing, again and again, I keep stressing, you prayed. It's on time. But because you haven't got knowledge of Salat, you're losing out big time. And that's why an imam with knowledge is prized because he will help you. You know, you might be just going to a masjid where the imam is, you know, doing everything and your job blocks. 30 years down the line, you realize, mashallah, he gave me the full dividends. You go to another masjid, you don't know what's happening. Imam's leading the prayer, his time's not even ended for him. Right? Then you're thinking, which fiqh is he? I don't know, you don't follow a fiqh. Those be wise. And be just like the one about whom our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Salah is like a pair of scales. Those whoever gives full measure will receive full measure. SubhanAllah. This is a Behaki, Targheeb, Imam Ghazali in his Ikhya. Look how beautiful the Prophet put it. Scales. Mm. I want, you know, if somebody says to you, one pound you're paying for as many bananas as you want. You probably say, what do you mean? As many bananas, what does that mean? Because no matter the way, the way, you give a pound, you can take as much bananas as you want. And you go, well, I'll go a little. Why are you going a little for? Because it's a pound a kilo. I've just told you, you can get as many bananas as you want for a pound. But I'll get a kilo from little. There's something wrong with you, mate. Everybody understands that, right? So why are you offering salad not at the chosen time? Then it starts, then he goes, I'm playing it, Anna. Right? And he goes, well, yeah. But why are you not investing? The Prophet is telling you things, right? So you get the maximum dividends, the maximum returns. Salat is like a pair of scales. One person foolishly puts a kilo on it. So he'll get a kilo of bike. Another person goes, I want to bust the scales. Now he's to why? How do you do that? Pray at the chosen time. Think about that. You've got so many masjids in this area. So, as a Hanafi, where should you strive to offer the prayer? Where they offer Fajr late? Right? Let's go there. Zohar, they all agree, winter early. But the amazing thing is, even in winter, some offer it late. So why are you going there for? Think about it. You know, you need to be intelligent. Asr, Hanafis, late. Right? Shafis, no problem, go early. Maghrib and the sun sets, obviously. you got problems if you do with Maghrib. They don't know what's going on there, right? And Isha, when it's darkness. When it gets late. Chosen times. So note again, Salah. Whatever angle you look at, you realize that there's so much more we could be getting from this deed. And also being aware of the traps that shaitan sets. Subhanallah, it was for this very reason that Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiyallahu, he once freed two slaves due to once offering Maghrib Salah later than usual. In Ibn Asak, so think about it. Somebody walks in, let me put it bluntly, and he's called the Maghrib, but he's missed, you know, he missed two rakats or one rakat. And then you see him put a thousand pounds in double. 
So then you obviously say, Brother Lord, may Allah bless you. But why have you put so much money in Dabba? He goes, disaster. He goes, Astaghfirullah, is it, is it, have you committed a sin? He goes, it's not a sin, but absolute disaster. He goes, what have you done? I missed one rakat of Salat. And somebody goes to you, you caught the prayer. Umar radiallahu who caught the prayer. He freed two slaves. Now, ask yourself this question. Was Qazar on his wavelength? Think about that. You know, that to them is like, what are you talking about? Right? You know, they probably die. If you want me to miss my prayer. And I mentioned one report to finish. There's an amazing report. The hadith is in Tabarani. Sayyid hadith. And Hayat al-Sahab. And one of the, during jihad, one of the sons of the companions, he was caught as a prisoner. So the Romans had actually captured one of the sons of the companions as a prisoner. So obviously, he's a prisoner. He's now gone into the Kufar land. His father's alerted. He goes, look, his son fought bravely, but unfortunately, he's a prisoner of war. So let me ask you a question. Before even moving on with this report, what do you think his greatest concern was now? And it's not a trick question. So don't treat it as a trick question. What would you expect a father to be concerned about now? His son. You're thinking, right, I need to make arrangements to free him. I've got to get, get in contact, you know, whatever, go to the authorities. You know, it's not what you, it's what you know, it's who you know, you know, all this went through your head. This is what he does. Time for Salat. <laughs> he climbs a wall. He starts doing azan. And he goes, oh my Lord, let my son hear this azan. So he knows it's time for Salat. <laughs> what does the report mention? His son was later released. And he goes, I always knew the time of Salat, Father. I heard your voice. <laughs> so this is the report. So we go, subhanAllah. Forget subhanAllah. Think about it. <laughs> No, subhanallah. There's too many subhanallah people about, right? Think. <laughs> Think about this report. How was the father treating Salah? It was nothing more important to him. He goes, so why my son's a prisoner? He needs to pray. But because he might be in a dungeon, he might be trapped, he might not be able to see the sun, he won't know the time of Salat. I don't want him to guess. So he's thinking, how am I going to do it? So there's nothing practically he could do to get that across. So he needed to do a miracle. So all he could think of was, he goes, I'll do what I can do. I'll do the azan. So this azan isn't for the people, it's for my son. And inshallah, who knows, Allah may make my voice travel. How many miles did he travel? Imagine, you're hearing your father's azan. It's Zor. Time for Zor. Asr. Time for Asr. Do you think he did azan at the chosen time? You know, we're just oblivious to it. In fact, what did the Prophet say about the Munafiq? He didn't say the Munafiq doesn't pray. You know, a lot of people think, if I'm praying, I'm not Munafiq. Where does it say that? The Quran and the Sunnah both mention hypocrites pray. It's very important to put into your head. Where does it say in the Quran that hypocrites pray? In Surah Nisa, Allah mentions, when they rise up to pray, they stand up sluggishly, remembering Allah Ta'ala but a little. 
What does Allah Ta'ala say? They're praying. They're praying. But their minds are all over the place and they're yawning and groaning. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say they're not praying. Where in the Sunnah does it say that Munafiqs pray? Sayyid Bukhari. The Prophet said, this is the prayer of the hypocrite. He said it three times. This is the prayer of the hypocrite. This is the prayer of the hypocrite. He goes, it's Asr. And he's, lo- he's looking at the sun. And when the sun is just about to set, he quickly pecks four rakats. <laughs> what did the Prophet say? This is the Salat of a Munafiq. <laughs> so it's very important to highlight, just because you're praying, doesn't mean you're not Munafiq. <laughs> Is how you treat the prayer. That's what distinguishes you from the monafics. <laughs> the Prophet also famously said, that the Fajr and Isha, prayers in congregation, are very hard upon the hypocrites. Notice again, he's saying prayer, they're praying. Well, you, will not, you will notice this, these two prayers, they find it difficult. <laughs> Isha and Fajr. <laughs> and where's the tragedy in that? That's the two least frequented times of Salat <laughs> in the localities. You notice. <laughs> Especially when Isha gets late, you know, like 11 o'clock, you know, half past 11. You think, what's happened? Fajr? <laughs> you know, three, four people and it's like, you know, you can accommodate for 5,000 worshippers. You think, what's all this about? So there you go. You know, there's the state of Salat. Imagine the time of the Prophet. What the state of Salat was. You know, Allah Akbar, it? When Bilal used to do Azan, you know, to mention, want to finish, Adi ibn Hatim who came to Islam lay, he was one of the lay companions. Adi ibn Hatim radiyallahu said, for 40 years, I have never heard the azan except in the masjid. And what did he mean by that? In Imam Ahmad's Muslim, he meant, I'm ready for salat. What he meant was, I don't wait for the azan. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm in the masjid. Then I hear the azan. Be honest. We hear the azan, what most of us think, still got 10 minutes. <laughs> Ikama's gone off, brother, still got 5 minutes. Ikama's gone off, still got 5 minutes. Right, and there you go. And So what's the difference between you and the monafics? Right, so note the salah, very important to guard the prayer. People think guarding means just praying it on time. Where does it say that? No, subhanAllah. So all I mentioned again today was, again, the great deed of salah. I mentioned some of the weapons of shaitan that he puts in place to prevent you from prayer. And then I mentioned the chosen time of Salat. Very important to know the chosen time. So you get the maximum returns. And then of course I mentioned uh, the companions, how they would treat with importance this glorious deed. Are there any questions you'll ask? Subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallahumma bihamdi ka ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa tubu alayhi wa shaitan al-jib subhanahu alayhi wa rabbika 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 assalamu alayhi wa rabbika alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahi rabbika rabbika wa al-asr insan rafi khusr al-lazina amunu wa amilu as-salihat wa wa asbil haq wa wa asbil sabr wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam